Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... You know, and church doesn't work when a small number of people are doing most of the work. That's just not the church that God envisioned. And I love here the way sacrifice, which we consider to be an awful, oh, I had to make a sacrifice. I got up and went to church today. What a sacrifice, right? I love the way he ties sacrifice to a reason to rejoice. Because joyful work for the kingdom of God, joyful sacrifice for the kingdom of God promises a reward in the kingdom of God. How upside down does it sound to say that there is joy in sacrifice? What does God mean when he says that the sacrifice of your time, money, and energy will be a good thing for you? Today, Pastor Jim speaks on the eternal rewards that come from your devotion to God here on earth. It is easy to dismiss opportunities to serve when we think about the sacrifice it will take. God promises eternal blessing for those who are willing to forfeit the convenient things in life to better impact his world. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim for part three of his message entitled, Joyful Children. You want to be unmixed, blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. You may want to write in the notes of your Bible, see Deuteronomy 32.5. He's quoting Deuteronomy 32.5, which was attached to the people of God in the wilderness. So he's saying, you don't want to be that among whom we're without fault, blameless children of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom, now sometimes people say, oh, you're more holy if you just go into a monastery and you don't talk to anybody for 19 years and just read the Bible and God really will, that's that's how a holy man lives. What Bible are they not reading when they say that? Jesus walked, that's what I loved about him. I love this about him. He was the holy, undefiled Savior. He spent time with his Father, and then he walked out among people. That is what we are to do. We are to walk among people. Do you see yourself tomorrow morning when you get up and go to work or school or a job interview or whatever you do? You are a missionary for God. I hope you see that. And so he's saying here, he says, among whom you live or among whom you shine as lights in the world. Verse 16, holding fast the word of life, the word that gives life, we might want to think of it that way, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored, the idea is labored in vain to the point of exhaustion. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not a committed follower of Jesus Christ, Thank you for being here. So many people in our church came here and were not when they got here because they were just so tired of nasty church people. It's one of the reasons I love when I first went to Calvary Chapel, there was so many people that were new believers and complaining church refugees. And they just couldn't wait to get out of that. And I love that about it. But if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I would make the case to you, and I think the Apostle Paul would too, that you have every right 
to expect to see when you go into any church the love and the unity of God's people. Now, here's the thing. If you don't see it, you still have to believe. You can't blame Jesus for that. But you have the right to see that. A church should be imperfect, yes, but working towards it, yes. What it professes to be a loving family. And if you go to a place, you got to give it a few shots and it's not, then you have to go somewhere else where God is worshiped. The word of God is preached. I would contend not just using verses here and there, but going through books of the Bible verse by verse. So it's not just your agenda. Someone visited here recently and said, I love the way you don't just don't get up there and talk about your opinion. You actually teach the Bible. And then the third thing I would say is where the love of God's people are there. So the apostle Paul is telling the Philippian church, you want to be blameless. Now, they can't be without fault. We all have our issues. We know that. But I think what he's saying is people should not be coming into the Philippian church, worshiping with them, getting in the car and going, man, you could cut the tension in that place with a knife. There should be a different spirit about the place because Jesus is walking there. Not, nor is it to be some cheesy hype show, but the reality that people could actually sense the presence of the Father's love. Matthew 5 Verse 14 through 16 says this. Jesus speaking says to his followers, you are the light of the world. Now just think about that for a second. He doesn't say you should be the light. He says you already are the light. You are the light and I, if we're Christians, we are the light bearers. We have the light. So what we do with the light is hugely important. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. When there's a blackout in your house, somebody gets the the flashlight and the candle, what do you do with it? Do you put it in the closet? Where's where's the flashlight? Where's the candles? Oh, I locked them in the closet. No, you bring it out, right? If you've been in a cave, how much light does it take to make a cave light? Not much. You can do it with a little match. You can do it with a little flashlight. So he says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all of those who are in the house. So that's the reality for a Christian, that you and I are the light. And here's the command now in light of the reality. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine, so shine before men, that they may see your good works. We talked about that last week. God saves us first and then the good works and glorify your father in heaven. So joyful children of God, whether they are out in the workplace, in the church, as united brothers and sisters are to stand out. And listen, when we are joyful, we have the joy of the Lord. We shine in a selfish, whining discontented, self-centered, complaining world. Men, if you want to shine in the workplace, if you're married, talk well of your wife. But an easy one that is. <laughs> Every other guy complaining, ah, the old battle axe, ah, the old ball and chain. Ah, listen, you're like, you know, I just love my wife. She's just wonderful. You stand out like you can't believe it. And here, our heavenly father, through the apostle Paul, is pleading with us, don't be like the people of God in the wilderness. Be the new people of God and shine. 
Don't let God spend all of his time dealing with the complaining like he had to deal with them. Let the time be spent in the good works that God has for us to do. So here's a plea to experience the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and let it shine. We are the lantern bearers in a dark, dark world, holding out what he calls here the word of life with our life and our lips so people can see the Savior's love in us and experience the Savior's love through us. And here's the thing, you can't fake it, can you? You can't fake it. It's got to be real. Now, this is what a lot of people say to me. Well, Pastor Jim, that's all well and good, but you don't understand. I tried to do that, and my friends and my family members got angry with me. John 3.19 says this, and this is the condemnation. This is, this is why people don't go to heaven. That light has come into the world, Jesus, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And so here, the Apostle Paul agrees, the Lord shows him our world as a crooked and perverse generation. I think the world is a lot worse than most of us think. There are so many hot spots in our world right now. And here the Lord says, listen, the, the Americans are just too selfish to want to deal with it. And here the Lord says, listen, you have to shine as a light. The Bible teaches that our world throughout history has turned away from God. The Bible says that everyone has gone to his own way. We live our lives with our back to God. And that's why God tells us to repent or to turn to him. And the good news is that Jesus Christ came to turn the world around, to turn people who would put their trust in God uh, back to God the Father. And Jesus proclaims this word of life. He gives life and he promises to give it abundantly. And having received this life, when we walk with Jesus closely, we experience this abundant life, and then we give off the light. We give it off. The end here of verse 16, the Apostle Paul shares a real pastor's heart. This is a real pastor's heart. He says, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. The Bible talks about the day of the Lord when the Lord returns, but it also talks about the day of Christ, a day of, of rewards for people. And here the Apostle Paul is saying this, I long to be proud of you on that day. I long to know in that day that my life actually counted for something. And sadly, there are pastors who want fame and there are pastors that want the limelight. And there are pastors who want a lot of money and they'll tweak the message. They won't teach the Bible. They'll get up and they'll badmouth all the people outside of the church when the Bible's telling here the people in the church to stop complaining because they want to be famous. They want to be rich. They want to be wealthy. But there are others who are willing to get knee deep in the dirt with you, in the mud with you, because they want to see you shine. So while being a, a child of God is a reality for a true Christian, when we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, it's messy sometimes. And it's worked out in daily life. And babies cry, right? Babies also do what? Yeah, ladies, you know. Diapers, diapers, diapers. Babies cry and crawl. Babies are self-centered, me, me, me. But eventually they have to learn to walk, right? They have to learn how to talk. They have to learn how to take care of themselves. They have to learn how to be helpful. 
and Christians are the same way. And that's what it means to shine. We have to grow up. We have to stop making it all about us. We have to learn to shine the light of the Lord. Now, if you're new to the Christian faith, and I know always there's a lot of people here who are, and I'm always thankful for that. You know, if you think you're all it, well, it's coming. We'll be here, right? When you learn that you're not all it, we'll be here to help you with love and with open arms. We're not gonna say we told you so. We'll just say we knew it was coming. It happens to all of us. But I think perhaps the best, best advice that I could give you if you're new to the faith is stay at it. Just stay at it and be patient. And your life will begin to shine in unusual places. People will begin to see it in you and you'll be very shocked and you'll be so thankful that the Lord is using your life. So joyful children, we saw that they serve together, that they shine together. And number three, they sacrifice together. Look at verse 17. He says, yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering... Now, uh, for us, that's kind of like what in the world is a, is a drink offering? Both in the Old Testament and in the pagan religions of the day, they would have been very, very familiar with this. Basically, you had a sacrifice that was out there and sort of to top it off at the end, they would, they would throw a drink offering on it. It's kind of like, you know, somebody says to you, uh, you know, what are we having for dessert? You say apple pie and they'll be like, you want some ice cream on that? You know, it's kind of a la mode. And, and you don't say, you, when people say what was for dessert, you just say it was, it was apple pie. You might say a la mode. So, so the drink offering was sort of the end, but it wasn't the real sacrifice. And he says, yes, if I'm being poured out as a drink offering, whether what's going on now or perhaps because he knows that Caesar might cut his head off as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Now, it's hard for us to see. You might want to note if you have your own Bible with you here today in the margin that verse 17 is probably the most personal verse in the entire book of Philippians. And he basically says this, listen, here I am, man. I'm in jail. I understand this. And I'm willing to die for Jesus. But you know what he also tells them? I'm willing to die for you too. I'm willing to die for you too. You know, if anyone, a lot of times people tell me, oh, I have the call to the ministry. I have the call to the ministry. If you think you have the call to the ministry and you're not willing to die for the body of Christ, let me save you a lot of time and a lot of money. You don't have the call. You don't have the call. Because the call to the ministry is a life, the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. It is constantly dying so other people can have a committed walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the next two studies, he's going to actually point out two guys that he's associated with, that he raised up, that are living that life. But if you think, well, this is the Apostle Paul's ministry, no one escapes. Because why? Because what did he just say? My sacrifice is going to be poured out on yours. Mine is just the, the ice cream on the apple pie. Mine is just the whipped cream on the ice cream on the banana split. Uh, my sacrifice is not the real sacrifice. Yours is the real sacrifice. And do you hear the high calling he calls the Philippian church to? He says, I labored to exhaustion, okay, so you could sacrifice, so you could express your faith. You know, and church doesn't work when a small number of people are doing most of the work. That's just not the church that God envisioned. And I love here the way sacrifice, which we consider to be an awful, oh, I had to make a sacrifice. I got up and went to church today. What a sacrifice, right? I love the way he ties sacrifice to a reason to rejoice because joyful work for the kingdom of God, joyful sacrifice for the kingdom of God promises a reward in the kingdom of God. 
And the call here is to make sacrifices for the kingdom of God, even if it means not complaining when you have every right to complain. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for you. It was your sin that put him on the cross. It was my sin that put him on the cross. And they let him out. And he didn't say, hey, it was because she couldn't get out of bed. He didn't say, well, it was because they're grumpy. He didn't complain at all. He didn't complain at all. And what joy he had doing his heavenly father's will, knowing that we could have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life and we could be joyful children serving the kingdom of God. And here's the truth of the matter. If you don't see, and I don't see, everything that his sacrifice entailed on that cross, we will never, never want to sacrifice for him. But when we see that sacrifice for our sins, not because we deserved it, it's for our sins. When we see that, A true response is to say, man, I will do, Lord, whatever it takes. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it because of how much you loved me and because you gave your life for me. I'm shocked how many so-called Christians don't embrace any life of sacrifice at all. I'm shocked how many Christians would rather spend their money on a first-class hotel on a vacation, which is fine, nothing wrong with that, but not give a dime to world missions and the work of the Lord. I am shocked how many parents would rather watch television than read Bible stories to their little kids. I'm shocked by that. I am shocked by people who see the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and one little thing doesn't go their way and they're upset about it. One person looks at them the wrong way in the church and they're, they're, all, they're murmuring and they're muttering. Everybody else is, they're allowed to have a bad day, but nobody else is. I'm shocked by that. Not that people are like that, but that people would call themselves Christians and be like that. That they haven't seen him on the cross. They haven't seen those arms extended saying, I'm doing this for you. So you could go to heaven so you could know me, so you could serve me. And so it's necessary that God pierces our heart with this stuff so we really think about, am I really a Christian? Am I really following God? And not because I follow God to get to heaven, I follow God because my heart has been so dramatically changed by him, I can't even explain it. I hope that's all of us. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the apostle Paul knew the same problem existed in Corinth and he said this, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Some versions say, unless of course you fail the test. Now please listen to me very, very carefully. This is the most important thing I'm gonna say today. If you would sit here today and you would say, I'm not a Christian. I have never trusted in Jesus Christ. Today is your day. 
If you would sit in this place and you would say, well, I'm a Christian but, and I believed in Jesus, but I'm not serving him. I'm not loving him. I'm not joyful in him. I'm just a constant walking complainer about every little thing. Today is your day. Turn to him. Repent. Be willing to change your ways and ask for his help. Study the apostles in the Bible. It's amazing. Gospels, a bunch of bumbling idiots telling Jesus what to do. Hey, God, come here. I got a few things to tell you. I got a few suggestions and complaints for you of things I don't like about it. Telling God what to do. Walking with each other. Hmm, I'll sit on the right. No, I'll sit on the right. Arguing with each other. Which one of us do you think is the greatest? Not any of you, you idiots. He is. But then, but then when Jesus is crucified, and he's raised from the dead, and he ascends into heaven, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them as he promised to come upon anybody who would trust in Jesus Christ. These guys become so different. They're not going out telling people about light. They're going out, and they are light. And an upside-down world is turned right-side up by a few guys, fishermen, tax collector, former religious guy because they learned that that carpenter was no ordinary carpenter but he was God become a man. They were different. Verse 14 commanded us to do everything without complaining. Verse 15 said be blameless and without fault and to be a light. The only one who completely ever lived this Life was the Lord Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel is that anyone who will turn to God and put their trust in him, he has promised that he will make you blameless and without fault in God's sight. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm not asking you what you filled out in the census. I'm not asking you when you went to the hospital and they said what religion you are. I'm asking you to search your heart and say to yourself today, am I really a committed follower of Jesus Christ? Jesus came and lived a perfect life in your place. Jesus Christ died a sinner's death in your place to prove it was satisfactory payment. God raised him from the dead and ascended into heaven. And today he offers you a trade. Your sin for his blameless life. Your sinful standing before God for his righteous standing before God because your sin was put on Jesus at the cross. You simply need to trust in him. You can have the forgiveness of your sins so that when you die, heaven will have no complaint against you because Jesus has taken away your sins and given you his righteousness. John's gospel chapter one says this, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe or trust in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is an invitation to be part of a family, not a perfect family, but with a savior who is, and with a Savior who longs for our unity. So as we close, the question is simply this. Do you long for unity with your Creator? Do you long for unity with the Savior? Do you long for unity with His church? Quite simply, do you long for God? I hope 
not that you're hearing my words. I hope that as we've been here this morning, you have heard God speak to you. And I hope that your heart is pounding. I hope it's either pounding for the first time or the 10,000th time. Because I hope and pray that your heart beats for God. I hope your heart beats so heavy that you want to be one of the Lord's joyful children. And my prayer is that we would all respond to that call today. Pastor Jim will have more insights to share from the book of Philippians the next time you join us. You've been listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney, teaching pastor of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. This message from the book of Philippians is available to anyone who calls 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Keep in mind that we need today's date to ensure you get the right teaching in your hands. Again, you can get a copy of today's study on CD when you call 973-659-3380 or by sending an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. Changed by Love also has a website with quite a bit of information. The address is www.changedbyloveradio.com. That's www.changedbyloveradio.com. At the website, you can check out our additional resources, drop us a note, or give securely to support the ongoing expenses of bringing you this program. Changed by Love is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located at 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. From all of the production team, we want to say thank you for joining us today, and we pray that God's Word would change your lives in more ways than you've ever dreamed possible. Please mark your Bibles and join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse teaching through the book of Philippians, right here on Changed by Love.